Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever is on their mind and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support. And once again, welcome home. This uh, For this episode of Welcome Home, I'm excited and uh, happy to have today's guest with me. Uh, many of you probably know who he is or have met him, and some of you may have not, um, but I'm honored to have him. He's actually my first uncle to make the, the journey into my apartment, so uh, I'd just like to give a warm welcome to you, my <laughs> uncle, John Katina. Thank you, Josh, man. It's, it's so cool and kind of surreal to be in my nephew's home because I still think of you like you know playing in the sandbox <laughs> and, but uh you're uh you're doing big things and it's an honor to be here thanks uncle uh, I wanted to to give you an opportunity just for uh our listeners who may not know who you are just to give you a chance to introduce yourself and uh give us whatever's in your Facebook bio who is mm. John Katina my Facebook bio says, uh, Father to Zion, Jet, River, Steel, and Blaze. And then as the last two or three years, Lou, who is really River's best friend from when they were playing, you know, peewee football with the Franklin Cowboys. So I've got six boys, um, one of 12 kids. Uh, I guess I am a fifth member or partner in the band, The Katinas. We've been doing music um, and ministry for the last, oh, well, over 30 years together and uh, grew up in a <clears throat> musical home. My dad was a musician. Uh, my mom was just an amazing uh, nurturer and keeper of the home. Um, she's no longer with us, but she was, um, uh, she was our everything. Um, yeah, so just come, I come from a big, big family, as you know, Josh. And, um, life, you know, we'll probably get into this later if you want, but life has been different for me for the last, uh, over three years. I'm a single dad. Um, it's been quite a transition, uh, never expected to be married for 20 years and then uh, that end and that was uh, probably the, the the darkest time uh, in my life but again we can I could go you know talk about that later on yeah. but that's pretty much it awesome well again thanks for taking the time to come out and be here uncle and uh, you've heard a few of the episodes now and uh, you know how they kind of work I I have three questions oh, for all yeah. of our guests and um the first two are really more about uh, things that I'm interested in, and then the third is more about you. And so when I uh, was preparing for you to come over, I was trying to figure out what would I want to ask my Uncle John. Um, and I think for maybe maybe you've experienced this and maybe you haven't, but I think a lot of people, they would love to one day to, to have the opportunity to have a conversation with maybe their parents or their uncles when they were their age. I, I often uh, wonder, you know, what, what was my dad like when, when he was just about to get married? Or I think about your son, River. What, what was, I bet River would love to have a conversation with 16-year-old John Katina. So I have a couple of questions for you about your younger years. Um, the first one is this, and this is kind of about you as well as your brothers. Um, so growing up as young adolescent men and eventually young adults, who out of the brothers, yourself included, was the best with the ladies and who was maybe had the least amount of game with the ladies as, as young men? Okay. So that's an inter interesting question because uh, both scenarios uh, happen, but in a sort of, uh, 
so we grew up in in a pretty protected home mm -hmm. so dating was kind of, <laughs> dating was kind of taboo just because of my dad's um just his thought process on the distraction maybe if you I, will i can relate yeah <laughs> yeah so you kind of grew up on the same uh, bloodline so yeah you would relate um so it was, it was one we didn't talk about dating we didn't talk about sex we didn't talk about attraction uh between you know us and the female gender um but you know we we we're boys just like any other young man listening to this podcast right now with feelings and and hormones going wild and so who had the best game with the ladies it would be the one who was the most rebellious <laughs> he was going to go out anyways <laughs> and you know maybe behind dad or mom's back and you know drop some lines on the ladies and so i, I would say that was uncle sam uh, -huh. uh <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no. So we'd have, I remember, girls would call our house. Like, Sam was, was, I guess, crazy enough and bold enough to give give out our phone number, which back then we didn't have cell phones. It was a landline. Mm -hmm. and there was a, a phone in the living room area and one in mom and dad's room. So the girls would call and ask for Sam. And if my dad answered, he'd say, oh, sure. So he'd say, Sam, or Yeti, Yeti is the name we called him mm -hmm. at home. Uh, the phone is for you. And, you know, Sam's nervous. He's scared because he knows what my dad's going to do. He's going to have Sam go pick up the phone in the living room. And he, my dad's <laughs> going to stay on the phone in his room. So, you know how that's... That, that's back when I think a lot of people probably don't have home phones anymore. So no, no. for those younger listeners, you yeah. used to be able to... Basically, your parents could listen in on what was going on on the phone. It, it's ancient technology it nowadays, but that's that was a. So you I'm can sure imagine when you're 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 talking to someone that you're not really supposed to talk to because you're not of age or whatever. My dad's theory was on dating. Uh, so the conversation was, you know, it was the girl, you know, just really excited and wanted to talk to somebody that she's got a crush on and Sam is scared for his life because he knows <laughs> he knows the uh the dictators on the other on the other phone mm. listening on on every word so Sam was definitely uh he had game with the ladies what was the other question and who, who would have been on the other end of the spectrum there of of the brothers Ooh, <clears throat> on the other end of the spectrum uh, I mean, I guess it would be the youngest, Jesse, um, who was not, you know, I mean, because he saw all the, <laughs> he, he saw what trouble the, the older guys got into mm -hmm. because they were supposedly uh, hanging out or, or having a secret relationship with the, with, the, with the girls. And so Jesse was like, man, I ain't even going to go there. <laughs> So uh, he he kind of stayed far away from that. That's funny. Or yeah. the opportunity to to uh, talk to a girl. Well, that's good information, Uncle. <laughs> I, I asked that question on both ends because I I think about you know my brother and my cousins, especially the the guys who are around my age, and I would probably say I was probably more towards Uncle Jesse's end of the spectrum when it came to girls. So I was just curious about that, and you know, like you said. So you guys, as a family, didn't really talk about girls and 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 stuff like that. And, I, you know, it's not because I don't know if it was necessarily anything that my parents did, but it was definitely hard for me to talk about girls growing up. And um, sometimes I think that like just not having that outlet probably contributed to maybe some of my problems with with the ladies growing up. That's a good point. And so I would say for me as a dad. Um, because I I know kind of the the results the the good the bad and the ugly that came you know stemming from growing up in a home where for whatever reason you know we didn't have that open dialogue with our parents especially our dad and I saw the 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 negative effects that it had on me um, and so hopefully uh, in having kids having five boys they're all young men now blaze who's my youngest is uh, going to be 14 mm. 
and my oldest is 21. Um, you know, every day I'm just trying to to let them know that, man, the back door is open to you, the front door is open to you. Let's talk about everything and anything. Because yeah. um, I just, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bad with the bathwater because uh, there are a lot there are some great things about my upbringing mm-hmm. but then there are some other things that um, just uh, produced um, some some things in me that I'm not proud of yeah. um, because of that and um, you know a couple of years of great counseling and mm-hmm. therapy has helped me to realize and, and maybe see see that that now as a parent I can um I could learn from that yeah. and and hopefully do it differently. And and the main um for me the most important thing is I just I want my boys to to feel comfortable yeah. in talking to me about everything mm-hmm. and be comfortable in not talking and sharing anything. Yeah. If if they so so choose to to do that. Yeah, I think I think honesty between parent and child is 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 such an important thing and when you reach that he- healthy level um of honesty between you know i think about my dad and i um there's a new level of your relationship with your parent i think becomes better and, and blossoms and um you know i as i've gotten older i've even had more and more conversations with my dad now about you know things that happened when i was younger and and he's been able to admit to me when like yeah i made a mistake as as a dad i shouldn't have done that or or whatever and and that has been um a very it's i think brought a lot of healing for Mm -hmm. me just as a son just knowing you know because when you get older you you start realizing like your dad's just he's just a person just like anyone else he's a human just like anyone else and for him to be able to you know admit those mistakes to me and and he's even apologized to me that has really helped my relationship with my dad blossom even even more and so um i see that with you and your sons as well um moving on to the to the second question um i i've asked my dad this off mic before but uh, i'm curious to hear your answer um if you were not uh doing what you're doing today if you weren't lead singer of the Katinas or in ministry, um, doing what you've been doing now, basically your whole life, what would you be doing? You know, um, as far back as I could remember as a kid, I was always intrigued by SWAT, um, secret service agents, um, you know, not not the the ones that just that were protecting, like literally found this uh, thrill, this joy in knowing that man, they're protecting the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not really, m- maybe more of a an undercover. Yeah, I I, I always loved um, like when when I remember watching different things where say the president of the United States was doing a speech and then you see these guys dressed in these sharp yeah. suits and, and they have these, these ear coils coming out. Um, just thinking, man, those guys look so cool. I mean, they've got these, the darkest glasses on, but you know, they see everything mm-hmm. and every move, they're not moving. They don't, they're, they're not even, doesn't even look like they're browsing through the crowd, but they know every single movement of, you know, every person, you know, even if it's several thousand people out there, I thought, man, that's pretty amazing. And they're just the idea that they're going to um, give up their their lives, maybe at a drop of a hat or a noise or whatever, um, to to protect somebody that they probably don't even talk yeah. to because he's way up here. That was always intriguing. I always wanted to be Secret Service, mm. undercover. I was like, I think it's interesting because everyone, when they're a young kid, we always have dreams of what we want to be when we grow up. And I remember uh, we I was probably in first grade or kindergarten, and they had that thing where you, 
they had the kids write what are you going to be when you grow up and i think one year i wrote i'm going to be an nfl player and an astronaut <laughs> and you know i i, I laugh at that now because you can't you can't be both yeah you can't be both but when i was six years old that didn't matter to me and uh you know i think about just dreams the dreams that we have as a kid you know i i really did believe i was going to be an nfl player and i was going to go to the moon one day and obviously that hasn't worked out for me so far but i don't i don't really remember like a time where those dreams went away i think it yeah. was just t over time you get older you learn more about the world and um Part of it is we just change as people, but I think also part of it is uh, the world has a way of, of, of putting pressure on, on people and uh, crushing you, honestly. And, mm. and uh, I wonder, like, sometimes I wish that I could go back to those days where I just dreamt so big mm. and I didn't, I never thought about, well, I can't be, I can't go to practice and get on a spaceship. You know, I just right. dreamt. And do you ever think about that when, when you were younger, just the dreams that you had? Um, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing uh, professionally, um, doing music. So I always wanted to be a Secret Service, you know, undercover cop kind of person. But, but I grew up in a musical home. Mm -hmm. So I, can't, I think to your point... Um, a lot of times in life, um, people end up doing what 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 they were born in, yeah. the environment that mm -hmm. that they were surrounded by, um, and that I guess there's some pros mm -hmm. to that, but there's some probably some negative things to that. To your point, because it's like what what if I just took those limitations off because Okay, I'm born in a musical home, or I'm born in an athletic, you know, family where all they did was sports, mm -hmm. and then you really went after your true desires or whatever those dreams were. Yeah. And then that's the thing about you know, as a kid, I still remember some vivid dreams that I had as a kid mm -hmm. about being in the Secret Service, and 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 uh, there was a dream that I always had where we would land somewhere in a big old black airplane mm -hmm. now i've never seen a black airplane <laughs> before but it was black it was a huge like 747 type airplane and and jumping out and protecting whether it was a celebrity celebrity usually a president mm -hmm. yeah or a, a king or somebody a high official and a so i still remember that dream yeah. and and the feeling that I, that i had in the dream and then also when i woke up from that dream now obviously uh, I never even came close to getting to fulfill that desire. I'm a musician. I don't regret it. But I think that is an, an interesting uh, conversation to have, like, with yourself or yeah. with, with other people, man. Because it's like, it, there's some what-ifs there yeah. that uh, may not ever um, fully understand fully comprehend but yeah i think it's interesting you brought up how you can remember vividly that dream that you had when you were a kid i've been um i've been going to premarital counseling with my fiance and in our in our last session it kind of came up how there's certain things that i still remember it's weird just the things you remember from your childhood that sometimes they seem random and um sometimes obviously you remember significant events in your life but there's some things that I remember when I was a child that are just like really mundane memories that for some reason have stuck in my head forever and so I would like to ask you do you know what um as far back as you can go what would you say is your first memory going back into your childhood it doesn't have to be a big thing or whatever it could be just playing with your brothers or I remember this uh, and I could have been three yeah. maybe four um, my mom so I grew up in a large family mm -hmm. 
and my mom wasn't going to take all the kids to go run errands. She would like take turns taking. So I remember the time she would ask me mm. to go run errands with her, mm. just like go to the bank or go to the commissary, wow. which was a military grocery for, we had access to that because my dad was in the Marines. So that was an amazing memory because I just felt, I felt like, oh my gosh, that's an, that's an opportunity of a lifetime because uh -huh. that only comes around like mm -hmm. with as many kids as there were in our family, <laughs> you know, maybe once every three or four months. <laughs> that's funny. And it was just, you know, you got to go get your favorite ice cream or yeah. that's, that's a memory that I'll never forget growing up in Oceanside. And I had that memory. I thought of that because I was just there recently. Uh -huh. Uh, Oceanside, California is where we were born and raised. Military town, so wow. that's a vivid memory. I love hearing stories about my grandmother. Obviously, I mm -hmm. never got to meet her because she went to heaven uh, before I was born. But that's funny. It's it, it is weird thinking about you know you were probably three years old and you didn't yep. realize that now all these years later you'd still be remembering mm -hmm. that. But um, so. Moving on to our third question, and I ask all of our, our guests this question, um, and it's really what this podcast is all about, Uncle, and uh, it's kind of open-ended, so I'll let you answer however you want, but it's this. What's going on at home? What's going on at home? Um, I'm just I'm grateful that uh, my home is still intact. Uh, and, and I don't just say that flippantly or like, well, of course, your home is intact. You've got your boys. and Because uh, there was a time, and I mentioned a little earlier on in the podcast, never intended to be married for several decades to then uh, see that relationship, that, um, that marriage uh, dissolve, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Um, Due to some really um, bad choices that I made, um, and so where it ended me up was was not a good place. Mm. Um, so that was four years ago. Um, separated, and finally, uh, unfortunately, went through divorce. Um, just you know, just not knowing, man. It, if I would ever, I guess some people would use the word rebound or find, um, you know, a reason to, to keep going on, mm -hmm. especially with what I do. Um, you know, you're on a platform, you're on a, a stage, um, you are sharing uh, artistically and and, and really everything about what you do is about inspiring people in a spiritual capacity. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was just depleted of any kind of energy or, or spirit to continue to do that because of my situation. Um, but thankfully, uh, so it, it was my choices that got me there. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, my choices to then start crawling out of that hole, I made those choices. Yeah. Um, I took ownership of my mistakes, um, sought counseling, was not an advocate of counseling mm -hmm. and going to talk to a stranger yeah. about your issues. Uh, and now I am mm -hmm. be because it was what um, it was a resource that that God um, used so that I could find my sense of purpose and a reason to live, which obviously involves my my five boys. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the midst of, of of the cobwebs and the the darkness and the clouds, you can't see that. Mm -hmm. So you need help, and you know I was. So sometimes it's it's emotional to talk about it because it's in in some aspects it still feels pretty fresh, mm -hmm. um, but I'd say it's been about a year and a half where 
I feel like I could breathe again. I feel like, okay, my, my feet are on the ground. And now it's, um, so what's going on at home is I feel like I'm getting this rhythm of uh, what it is to be a single father. Um, and, you know, you don't, you don't get married to, to hopefully one day be a single dad. And, but the point is that there is, um, there's life and there's purpose even after something is tragic, you know, as divorce. And, you know, people who are listening to this podcast can hopefully relate to that. People have been through divorce. And so um, the other thing that I, I'm really thankful for um, as it relates to what's going on at home is I've got a just a real authentic um, relationship with each of my boys and when I say authentic it's just it's real it's genuine there are no pretensions um, they let me know and it's you know that sometimes life sucks because their parents aren't together um, but there's also this genuine um, letting me know that man I'm glad that you're still in my life as as their father and that means the world to me I think um, one of the things that would have been even more devastating than losing my marriage would be would be to lose my relationship with my sons and I, I know people where that's happened to them uh, it's one thing to lose you know uh, for your marriage to, to, to end, but then to, to see your relationships with your family, your, your sons, your daughters, um, go to the wayside is nothing I wish on anyone. And so I'm, I'm thankful. I said earlier, uh, with, with this question that my, I feel like my family is is still intact Mm. and that's, um, that's a miracle. And um, it's it's one of the things that I'm always grateful for when I wake up in the morning, just to know that, man, I still can pick up the phone and FaceTime any of my boys, mm-hmm. or they do it, they'll initiate it as well. Um, so I'm it's still kind of, it's kind of a learning curve, uh, but I'm also thankful that there's there's still a lot of life. It looks different. It looks different from what I thought it would be. Um, as a whole family um, and so we'll see where the journey takes me takes my boys and and all of my relationships yeah man I really appreciate you sharing that uncle I um, you know I had Eli on here a couple episodes ago and I asked him the question that we I've heard a lot, and um, I'm sure your sons have heard a lot, and it's, what's it like to be a Katina kid? Mm. And, hmm. you know, I told Eli, well, Eli said this. He said, well, it's just like being a part of any other family. They're, we're just like everyone else. And I think that, you know, you sharing just your story with um, going through divorce and having to, in a way, start over, I think that that's a story that a lot of people can relate to. And, you know, I was, so I remember when, um, everything was happening and I was in college at the time. And, you know, one thing I really appreciate about that is obviously when I heard, um, that you were going through a divorce, it Mm -hmm. was, I was sad, obviously Mm -hmm. at first. And, um, and then there's questions that come with that. And one thing I'm thankful for as far as our family goes is that you and you know my parents who were kind of that's who I was hearing things through you guys were just honest with me and um you know when when stuff like that happens and uh it's not a good situation obviously it's a it's a hard time I think the best thing that people can do especially families is just be honest and so I really appreciate that obviously you've you've had to deal with um that situation for the past few years and you continue to Mm. to learn from it and grow from it and you you talked about your relationship with your sons and so I would like to ask you as a single dad now 
how has how has becoming a single dad uh, changed? If it has, how has it changed your relationship with your sons? One of the things that was really helpful, one of my counselors um, told me, and it was probably shortly after my divorce was final, um, and I was having um, some of my boys were really took it harder than others, and it really hindered our relationship, um, and quite frankly didn't didn't want to speak to me, uh, wanted very little to do with me. And that obviously was just like so heavy to, to carry around. Um, and my counselor said, man, you just, you have to be a waiting dad. So not only am I a single dad, but I'm a waiting dad. What is that? Well, basically it's going to be on, on their terms when they are comfortable to be around you, to want to speak to you, uh, for you to be in their lives. Um, and the waiting game is one of the, you know, hardest parts of, of that whole process. Um, and so what it's done for me, thankfully, I feel like from Zion all the way on down to, to Blaze, we, uh, we have this healthy communication. And there's a lot of amazing things happening in our relationships. But we're also still growing. For whatever reason, sometimes I'm still having to wait. Sometimes I'm still having to like, you know what? Um, it's 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 a lot of it is about timing, um, because there's still some sensitivity. It's been three, almost four years, um, and I don't know how long that whole kind of thing will be, but it's something that I'm learning, and I think it helps me to. Uh, also process that each of them are different um you know I, I got one son who's probably on a daily basis just calling me three or four times or or sending me a text and maybe another child um you know i may not connect with him but maybe once a week so i'm finding that you know the dynamics are different in being their father and also being their friend because their personalities are different and that's fine, you know, the, the same uh, ingredient doesn't work for all five boys. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's important for me, and hopefully this uh, helps maybe a dad, a single dad or a single mom out there to be aware of that. Um, but it's, uh, it's def the awareness actually helps me to kind of stay on my toes to, uh, to, to be what I need for each of them at a at at any given time. Yeah. I um so you talking about your boys, obviously I'm close they're my cousins and I'm close with them. And uh your oldest son Zion, he's the closest in age to me. Uh I talk to him daily and I've talked to him daily for years now and um you know we have a kind of a group thread with some of the cousins in that age and you know, Zion often will share some of the conversations that he's had with you. And, you know, one thing that from afar that I've admired about your relationship with Zion is that uh, you guys are able to uh, communicate with each other. And sometimes you guys disagree about things. Um, but at the end of the day, like the love is still there. And I think that is something that's such such a healthy relationship right there is being able to say you know dad i don't really see eye to eye with you on this um and but you're still my dad i still love you and i think that's becoming less and less common not just between parents and children but just in social interactions in in this world today yeah i totally uh agree with you on that josh and you know, and you know some of our stories of how we grew up, mm -hmm. me and your dad and, and the other uncles is if you if if we disagreed with with our dad, it was man, you're being disrespectful. And I as a young man into adolescence uh, and when I first got married, I I kind of shared that sentiment. I thought, oh, he's he's not dis he's not agreeing with my suggestion or with 
the way I think. He's being disrespectful because he's my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, thankfully, when you when you make the choice, everything happens, good or bad, because of the choices you make. And I think for me and your dad and the uncles, we had to make the, the choice and, and choose. So you know what? Maybe maybe we can benefit from our kids because they see diff, it's their perspective is different. So if their perspective is different from ours, it's not that they're disrespecting us or saying, you know, nah, you got it wrong. Um, a lot of times it's about our opinions and even, you know, we have a lot of texting conversations about athletes from our era mm-hmm. <laughs> and athletes that you guys grew up, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> sorry. You're good. So our era was, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, all the way up to say Kobe was. And so my point is we feel differently about who was more, you know, athletic or mm-hmm. just better all the way around. Um, and I think a lot of times we do come to this middle ground and like, well, the, the eras were different. Yeah. And so it is with um, generations when they're communicating. It's not like one generation has it, has it figured out and the other one doesn't because they, they lack experience. Mm. Um, we, we come at things, the millennials have a different perspective of... Uh, making money uh, or growing money than we did. Uh, but it doesn't mean that one is disrespecting the other. And so I think if we can if we can think in those terms, I think we can be better. We will learn more and therefore we'll grow more. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, through those conversations that we've had and uh, I have with my dad and, you know, as I get older, I, I think about the phrase, youth is wasted on the young. And I think it's a, it's sad, but somewhat it can be true in some ways where, you know, you think about when you're young, you have so many opportunities, you have energy, you have dreams, and, and uh, you know, everyone has different talents and things like that but you lack experience, like you said. And by the time you gain that experience, a lot of times your youth is gone and those opportunities are gone. And, and, and I think about, you know, me as a young man, what are some of those, what are some things that I'm missing that I can't get other than through experience that, you know, maybe 20, 30 years down the line, am I going to look back on and think, man, if only I had known this when I was 24 years old or right before I was going to get married, my life would be totally different. And, you know, I think that's just kind of how life works. It's like, it's a learning experience. And hopefully the older you get, you learn more and you stop making the mistakes that you did when you were younger. And um, I think that's something that everyone, as you grow older, you have to learn to accept and, and struggle with is the fact that, you know, humans make mistakes and experience is the best teacher of them all. And you can only get that through time. So, um, you talked about one, one story that I've always heard from my dad and you guys is the story about how, when you guys finally moved to the States permanently and, um, grandpa Moses left back to be in Samoa. So you guys were alone kind of on your own for the first time. How old were you when that happened? Uh, 16. So you were 16. So th- is that River's age? or Yeah, R- River's 17, okay. so between Steel and, and River. Yeah, so I can't imagine, you know, I'm we're sitting here in my apartment. This is the first apartment that I've lived in on my own. I'm 24. I can't imagine being 16 um, and being with just my brothers trying to make it trying to survive and and uh, talking about disagreements I'm sure there was a time uh, a first time after grandpa left you guys back in the states where you and your brothers probably had a fight or disagreed about something 
can you think about those days when you guys how you would handle disagreements then compared to how you guys would handle it now if it's changed at all it it definitely has changed um so as as a teenager as a kid um so much of the the Samoan culture was ingrained in the way we did things the the way we handled disagreements and it was this we didn't really very little did we ever have disagreements because in the culture there's such it's, there's an emphasis on hierarchy so if you're the oldest uh, right wrong or indifferent whatever you say is is what goes mm-hmm. so there weren't opportunities to disagree which uh, which kind of you know produced some 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 not so healthy things in our brotherhood and because of that you you end up being very codependent and so as we then become in our early 20s mid 20s getting ready some of them some of us were getting married um we we were bringing some of that into our marriage mm-hmm. and and it's sometimes hard for us as and as adults to make decisions because we kind of grew up in that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that that mentality or, totally. or or that culture now again through just great uh having solid um mentors counselors pastors friends speak into our lives um you know the saying is man you gotta agree to disagree yeah. um that's it's it's be, it's become a cliche but to do that really there's got to be some sensitivity yeah. some laying down of your ego um and seeing that everybody's got a gift there's giftings that even my twin i'm an, i'm an, uh, i am an identical twin and you would think identical twins do do everything alike sound alike think alike and that's not necessarily the case it is in some things but we have our own thoughts yeah. james is more driven than i am mm-hmm. the point is um sometimes to get to an agreement you can voice your you know what especially with five guys five partners we're in a band we do business together sometimes you'll have two guys on one side of the fence and three guys on the other but mm-hmm. okay how do you come to an agreement well sometimes it'll take the two guys to say listen we totally disagree with the direction to go there but here's how we're going to get there we're going to trust you guys yeah. and come the hell or high water uh we've got to make a decision so that's what we do a lot of times it's um it's it's cool to have a an odd number because there's always a tiebreaker yeah. and, and that's how we come to an agreement yeah. or a make a decision on something there's a there's an old saying that money and blood don't mix <laughs> and yeah. you guys completely ignore yep. that that, <laughs> that saying I, but i totally understand understand why why that's the case yeah um you know so i i I didn't grow up in Samoa, but I did grow up with the Samoan father, and so I can understand what there are some cultural things uh, in the way that I was raised, and obviously the way you were raised, that might not be consistent with the way a lot of people in America um, were raised and how their families operate. And I think you said it the right way that there's some parts of 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 every culture that are unhealthy and. Um, but then there's parts of every culture that are beautiful. Yeah. And I'll, I'll finish this with our last question. I'd like to ask you, so growing up and eventually having your own home and your own family, what's something from the Samoan culture that you think uh, was a healthy thing for the family and that you're glad that you instilled that in your sons? And maybe uh, on the other end of that, what's one thing that, maybe you think man i i'm not sure that was the best the best thing for my family or uh, but i just did it because it's how i was raised culturally i would say the one thing that i appreciate about the samoan culture it's really the polynesian culture in general is their um just the emphasis on on respecting but uh 
respecting and caring for the elderly or the adults. Um, that's something that is, you know, we've been back in the U.S. for the last, I was 16 when I moved back to the States, and now I'm 49, so, what, 30, 33 years I've been back in the States. Um, and that's one thing I wish uh, there was more of here. I think sometimes there's a, uh, not, not necessarily a lack of, of respect, but it's not, it's not really nurtured. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. On the flip side, I think it's, it's the contrast of that. It's that young people are often uh, don't have a voice per se or don't feel like because there's such an emphasis on, man, I got to respect my elders, respect authority, which is a good thing. But then young people, um, th there's an epidemic of uh, suicide with mm -hmm. young people in the islands and I think it's a direct result of them feeling like they don't have a voice mm -hmm. or that they got to tiptoe around the adults and there's certain subject matters like dating mm -hmm. like I told you about or talking about sex or or struggles that they're feeling with um, and so th that's one thing that is very lacking in the Polynesian cu culture Samoan culture um, there's, there's young people feel like they're not heard, that they're not seen. Um, and we've got to do something about it. My brothers and I, you know, it's something we talk about quite a bit when we are talking about the young people in the islands. You know, how, how do you, how do you come, come there and, you know, provide a, maybe, maybe solutions, not the word, but at least a dialogue to where the generations can come together and see um, what we can learn from each other. Yeah. Um, and instead of just, sometimes the thing about a culture, whether it be in the Polynesian Islands or in Mexico or in Africa, um, you know, the word evolution or, or evolving is not, is, is not a part. You can't, culture ha is something that's it's almost cemented it's mm. concrete yeah. and they're not willing to change they're not willing to evolve i don't know why that is but i think it's a sad that's that's something that i wish um there was more of man like like you know times change te technology changes but a yeah. lot of times culture as it relates to a people group they don't, they don't change yeah i think you know this is kind of talking about just the the history of humankind if we're being honest like from the beginning from whenever the first human was till about maybe 200 years ago life pretty much looked the same it was you you grew your food you went out and hunted you took care of your family there was no the the technical the technological boom hadn't happened yet and then but after you know the industrial revolution and then recently the internet age has begun the world is changing so fast so and fast. it's changed more in the last 50 years probably than it has in the history of, of of mankind and so i do think maybe that that is a factor of when you talk about how cultures it, it seems like we have a hard time evolving i think part of that is because there really wasn't a need for it until very recently and i think about you know social media platforms whenever there's a new social media platform think about who's the who are the first people to adopt it it's it's young people you know i didn't know i didn't, didn't know what tiktok was but i do now obviously and the people who really made tiktok what it was is like teenagers and young young kids and i remember when instagram first came out i was uh, i was maybe in high school or maybe even middle school i was probably one of the first people to join instagram and i think it's because young people have a lot to say but maybe they don't feel like they have a platform to say it 
And so when these social media platforms provide that for them, young young people are the first ones to jump on. I think that's just an interesting thing to think about. That's, that is, and it's it's easier, even as an adult, it, it's easier for me to share something behind a keyboard and behind buttons yeah. than it is to face somebody and say, man, this is what I'm feeling. Or, And I find myself doing that sometimes because I, I don't feel like uh, I am a controversial person or I don't like uh, not controversial is not the word I'm, I don't like conflict mm-hmm. but I am for justice mm-hmm. so somebody who's not uh, into conflict can see something or oftentimes does not want to get in the, the dirt and hash it out but then that same person can, can be for justice and the thing about social media <laughs> is I'm, I'm a lot more free to share a story or yeah. share my opinion on something that, that I think is is not right mm-hmm. or is unjust um, so that is the interesting thing about what social media has provided but you know I'm thankful for my culture Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm still believing and hopeful that there be a day, and I hope I'm a part of this generation or part of a movement that can preserve the beautiful things of our culture, but also can introduce some change mm-hmm. and say, listen, our culture is not watered down because we are introducing some things that will make um, us as a people, us as intergenerational, um, you know, an older generation, older generation versus a younger generation come together is not oh the culture is watered down it's not what happened there's no strength now yeah. no, I think I think the two can exist and I'm hopeful um, it's going to be a big task but I'm hopeful that that can happen yeah. love to be a part of that awesome uncle well I think we'll wrap up there um, I'll give you an opportunity to, if you have anything else you want to share with our listeners um, go and, for it well, speaking of platform, Josh, thank you. Thank you for a platform, this platform. Uh, you know, uh, I've never, I've, there's some things I've never, I've just, as I'm talking and as we're sharing, uh, I realize that I've, I've never shared before. I've never talked about my divorce and, um, you know, a few other things. But I think that's what's cool about having this platform. And it's, you know, this podcast is not about, necessarily having answers to all the problems or issues that the the listeners are going through but it's probably more to to uh, give us all a sense of uh, you know what man it's going to be okay because we're all on a journey and we're all trying to do the best we can when we get up in the morning and we go about our daily tasks be it a nine to five job or writing a song or uh, selling real estate or whatever you do we're we're just trying to make the world a better place and the content that we provide on this podcast hopefully inspires people gives people a sense of man you know I don't have all the answers but I just stay on my journey it's like what do you do when you don't know what to do man you just you just take the next step you just try to keep moving forward awesome thank you Uncle, proud of you. Thank you so much for sharing today. Um, For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.